Good morning, Spirit of Prophecy Church and online audience. Welcome to another day, Sunday, House in the Lord. Amen. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the word of God, the name of Jesus, the name above all names, the blood of the Lamb that washes us clean, the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of the Lord. Father, I ask you to anoint me so I can teach this message. What time is it? And let the people receive it, write it on their hearts, and let them begin to function in the kingdom of heaven in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. amen. What time is it, church? Late. Late. <laughs> we have time clocks and we have daylight savings time. That looks like Iowa in the fall. We got four seasons, right? Fall time. That's not the time I'm talking about. What time is it on God's calendar? The end. <laughs> We're in the end times. Yes, we are. Here's a hint. What time is it? The devil is coming. The devil is coming. What time is it? Ready to fight. War. We got the shofar. I haven't practiced it. It's Feast of Trumpets time. Right. Feast of Trumpets time. So we have the solemn September assembly on Monday evening. Fast and pray. 48 hours. Kick the teeth out of the devil. Amen? More than that. Let me see if I can blow this. How many have never heard a shofar blow? Y'all heard it. Shall I blow one? I call you, come, come to the September assembly. It's not too late. Starts at sundown tomorrow. Come and pray for America. Here's your call. Yeah, well, I, I cheat. I have a trumpet mouthpiece in here. That helps. That helps a lot. So this is actually a animal horn. It's a kudu, African kudu. They take the horn off and drill it out, and uh, that's your shofar. That's your call to war. Now this is this is a ram's horn. We have a goat at our house named Todd, and he's got some horns. Not this big though. But this is a ram's horn, uh, which is a, a more common. I like the big Yemenite because it's louder if you know how to play it. And so this is your call of war alarm. This is also an alarm, but many people say this is a cry of the father's heart. Let's see if this is Sunni shofar. More pretty. Let me see if I can make a sound out of this. It's, it's difficult to do that. Uh, I have grace today. So you can see on uh, Feast of Trumpets, which starts Monday night, uh, it says, Behold, the bridegroom comes. Jesus will not return this year. 
Um, sure, there's many pastors saying, I'll be ready on the first boat out of here, but that's not going to happen. Just relax. We still got some time. These we've won over many times. It's the holidays, seven feasts, seven holy convocations, seven meetings. So we don't have to keep these, but we get to. So you're not under um, legalism, but uh, it is a picture of Jesus. We start with the Passover. He's the Passover lamb, the unleavened bread. He's totally sinless. First fruits, he resurrects. Pentecost, the Holy Ghost came down and trumpets. Trumpets is what we're going to celebrate starting on Monday. It's prepare the way of the Lord. If you have sin in your life or you've gotten cold, lukewarm, it's time to get back on track. Change some things. Day of Atonement is Judgment Day and Tabernacles is when we all live happily ever after. So you got spring feasts and fall feasts. We're in the about to go into the fall feasts. Also called Rosh Hosanna, which is not in the Bible, um, but trumpets. And um, that is, Rosh Hosanna is just a man-made word. But So it starts Monday, September 6th at sunset, and it ends uh, Wednesday, September 8th at sunset. It's a two-day feast, and that's why they say no man knows the day or the hour. I'm not going to get into all that, but it has to do with the moon, and it's a two-day feast, so you never know unless you know how to count the moon days. And this is the day that starts the seven-year tribulation. This is also the day, the feast, that Jesus returns on. This, and, and some people believe that this is actually the birthday of Jesus. They also, some people, some of the Jews believe that this is the birthday of the world, meaning the date of, crea of creation. However, the Feast of Trumpets is a, declare, uh, a call for war because on this day is the day that Jesus returns. This is the two of the seven feasts that are primarily Gentile included feasts. Now all of the feasts are for the Jews, I mean for everybody, but I mean in terms of the trumpets, this is, uh, this and Pentecost are highly related to the Gentiles too. Thank you, Pastor Stan. Amen. Rice Hosanna means head, Shana means year, uh, it's called the head of the year. It's the only feast that appears on a new moon. Who knows what a new moon looks like? Hey, we got some smart people. It's when the moon is dark. Do we have dark moons? Yes, we do. So here's a picture on the left in the center. You see a new moon. There's no light. That's a new moon. So that will be Monday night, the new moon. The only feast that happens on that. And you can see they've got waning moons and waxing moons. Waning moon is smaller, waxing moon is growing. Oh, if I can read this. Uh, Psalm 98, I believe is what it says. And I can't read the two little scriptures there. Yeah, so, you know, the gospel is a two-edged sword. And it says, make a joyful noise. And you have the shofar there. I can hardly see that little writing. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all the earth. Make a loud noise. Now, if you think heaven is going to be quiet, not so. There's going to be a lot of racket going on there. Maybe you won't call it racket, but noise. It's going to be loud and rejoice and sing praise. Sing unto the Lord with a harp 
and the harp and the voice of a psalm with the trumpets. And when you see trumpets in scripture, they're talking about shofar most of the time. Sometimes they have a silver trumpet. This here is a shofar and sound of the cornet make a joyful noise before the Lord, the King. So there's gonna be noise in heaven. It's not gonna be twang, twang on your harp on a cloud. There's gonna be some shouting going on and some guitars or harps or whatever they call it. Psalm 89, 15 and through 18. Blessed is the people that know the joyful sound. Now see, we're talking about joyful sounds. They shall walk, O Lord, in the light of the countenance. In thy name shall they rejoice all day. And we should be rejoicing every day because we have our name written in the Lamb's book of life. Amen. And in thy righteousness shall they be exalted. For thou art the glory of their strength. The Lord gives us strength. Amen. Amen. And in thy favor our horn shall be exalted. Now every time you see horn in scripture, that means strength. He's talking about strength. The Lord is strong and in him we are strong right when I'm weak we are strong because of Jesus the horn let me talk about let me back up and talk about the horn on the holy brazen altar in the old tabernacle and in the um, Jerusalem tabernacle they have the altar of fire and they have horns on there and the horns are when you bring your animal up just like jesus was in gethsemane going you know i don't really want to do this take this cup away if possible they the animals don't want to slaughter so they drag them up there and they tie them around the horn see that horn represents strength so they tie them animals up and then they slaughter them 18, for the Lord is our defense, amen, and the Holy One of Israel is our King, the Lord of Lords and King of Kings in the Feast of Trumpets. So we're talking about joyful, but um, the Feast of Trumpets is not um, just totally joyful. Um, it's also uh, fearful. And uh, another word that they use for Feast of Trumpets is Yom Terah, which means the day of blowing. And so they're blowing the shofar saying, get ready, Jesus is coming, get ready, the king is coming. It's a blast. <laughs> Strong's defines it as an alarm. So like, look out, danger. It's a signal, it's a sound of a tempest. That's day of the Lord wording right there, fear. Shout, like they did at Jericho, shout or blast of war. Well, that's what we're gonna do Monday. We're gonna blast Satan back into his cave. Amen. Alarm or joy. Rosh Hosanna, Yom Terah, day of blowing, a day of shouting. They call it blowing, shouting. It's the Feast of Trumpets. Bring your shofars Monday. Amen? Amen. Are you ready? Yes. Hey, this, these are smart people here. What are we ready for? War. Judgment. We don't fear the judgment, do we? Because we know that we're in Christ and we're not sinning. And if we do, we repent quick, right? I'm not saying we're perfect. Not, not me. I repent every day. Okay. Now, prophecy, end times prophecy scares lots of people. That's why we have so many people here. 
because they don't like our message about America's going to fall, you're going to be judged, the end times are coming, but we get to witness and save souls, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, heal the sick. Amen. So don't be controlled by faith, be controlled by faith. Um, don't be controlled. Let me reword that. <laughs> don't be controlled by fear. Be controlled by faith. Amen. <laughs> oh my goodness. Luke 18, 8. I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. How fast is he going to do it? Fast. Twinkling of an eye. Yes. Soon he comes. <laughs> My wife, Suni, soon he comes. <laughs> Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, shall he find faith on the earth? This is scripture. Jesus is saying, am I going to find any faithful followers? Because a lot of people, their faith is going to be gone. And if you're not saved, you have faith in everything but Jesus. So turn to Jesus, get saved, and then have faith in Jesus. The Feast of Trumpets, say to the, this is Leviticus, this is the law, the book that everyone loves to read so much, and it doesn't understand at all, Leviticus 23, 24. Say to the Israelites, on the first day of the seventh month, you are to have a day of rest, a sacred assembly, commemorated with trumpet blasts. This is the Feast of Trumpets, a day of blowing, Yom Terah. It's a holy convocation. We come together. It's God's time clock saying, prepare. Exodus 13, 8 through 10. And thou shalt show thy son in that day, saying, this is done because of that which the Lord did unto me when I came forth out of Egypt. Now, if you're in Christ, you've come out of Egypt. Amen? You came out of the world. Egypt is the world. We came out of Egypt. You know, we put the blood on the doorposts of our heart. We've stopped sinning. We've been water baptized and hopefully Holy Ghost baptized, spirit filled, speaking in tongues. You've been resurrected. All things are passed away. All things become new. Your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You came out of Egypt. This is why we do this. And Jesus said, when you take communion, do this in remembrance of me. So we're, the Lord knows that we have a lot of things to do, jobs, family. We got busy all the time, right? And so he wants us to remember. So this is to stop and take a breath and remember. And also come to the assembly on Monday and we'll punch the devil's lights out. Amen. Amen. For America. Amen. Verse 9. And it shall be a sign unto thee upon thine hand and a memorial, a memorial between thine eyes that the Lord's law may be in thy mouth. First it goes in your mouth and then on your heart. Right? Yep. Write it on your heart. Yep, Bill. For with a strong hand has the Lord brought you out of Egypt. Okay, see eyes and hand. And the Jews do that a different way. They use this thing called the tefillim or tefillim or something where they strap it on their head and their arm. We don't do that. We write the word on our heart. Amen? Amen. We have the word, the sword right here. So when we need it, we pull it out and cut our way through the darkness. Thou shalt therefore keep this ordinance in his season from year to year. Revelation 13, 16. And he causes all, not some, all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in the right hand or in their foreheads. Now, remember back here? This is a commandment for the Lord. Satan's a copycat. 
we're supposed to have a sign. It's the word of God in our mind, our hearts, our mouth, on our hand. Now, we're not going to do the tefillim or the tefillim or whatever that is, but Satan is a copycat. He wants to put something on us. We're not going to take it, right? Jesus could return at any moment. Who's ready? No one knows the day or the hour. Okay, he can't return at any moment. Now, I know there's a lot of preachers that are beating this drum, but if you know prophecy and you're under someone that knows and taught prophecy for a long time and they've got their King James Bible out, we know Jesus isn't going to return this year because we don't have the third beast and we can't have the fourth beast. We have the third beast and we can't have the ten-toe kingdom and Jesus can't return because of the statue of Nebuchadnezzar. And so it just can't happen. It's not time yet. Now, can we? Can America fall? It could. I'm not saying it'll be uh, Monday. I'm not saying that at all. God is merciful and we've got a lot of time. I'm just saying Jesus ain't showing up Monday. Okay? That's what I'm saying. He ain't showing up Monday. And you're not getting a free boat ride out of here either. <laughs> Amen. First Thessalonians 5, 1 through 4. But of the times and the seasons, brothers, ye have no need that are right unto you. Now, why did Paul say you don't need to know these things? I don't need to explain it to you because you already know. We have times and seasons. Now, the Jews go on the moon cycle, and we also know we have four seasons, right? Summer, spring, uh, spring, summer, fall, winter. Very good. Thank you. Thank you. So we have seasons and we have times in the natural. We have seasons and times in the spirit. Feast of Trumpets is a season and a time, both in the natural and in the spirit. Amen. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord, which we talk about a lot here, comes as a thief in the night. So until that actually happens, what we're doing is we're celebrating a shadow event. So we know the day of the Lord is going to come at night. Behold, the bridegroom cometh, right? He comes at night. The bridegroom shows up at night. Three, for when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction shall come upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. Take note, it says not escape, not, you know, fly through the air with the greatest of ease. <laughs> Four, but you, brothers, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. Amen. So we may not, you know, the scripture says we won't know the day or the hour. We won't, but we will certainly know the season. We will be prepared. Five, seven, eight, two. Who knows what that means? That's this year. That's the years of creation from Adam until now, according to the Jews that have been counting. So 6,000, you know, six days you work, seven days you rest. So how many days do we have before 6,000? You know, not a lot. We're in the end times. Well, they, they think they're off a couple hundred years, give or take. So, you know, if they're off 200 years, Negative, that'd be 59.82. Anyway, we're closer to Jesus coming today than we were yesterday, right? Yeah. 
And even though he's not coming on Monday, we should be ready. We should be ready at all times. The fall feast day's message is a message of the end times. It's a message of reconciliation and restoration and restoration of all things. Just back before the first sin was of the apple or the grape or whatever was in the Garden of Eden, where we could have a wonderful life and we didn't even have to work for it. We just had everything we needed at the tip of our fingers. Didn't have to have a microwave. We just pluck it off the ground or the tree and have something to eat and it was wonderful wonderful and that's coming back eventually eventually how's it all going to happen is it going to happen with our might and strength and our bullets no. not going to happen no i know we all got lots of those but uh, that's not how we're going to win this battle <laughs> mark 1 3 the voice of one crying in the wilderness Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Now, do we have to make Jesus' path straight? Whose path do we got to make straight? Ours. Our path. We're the ones that got to get straightened up. At least that's what my wife tells me. Lou, straighten up. <laughs> you never listen to your mama. <laughs> so I have highlighted a word here. And this is what we need to do. We need to prepare. And it's okay to have some food and water and, and guns and bullets, but we need to prepare spiritually. Get filled with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Start reading your King James Bible. Pray, fast, cast out devils, pray for the sick, raise the dead, all this. This is how we prepare. We get our life, we, you know, we don't look at each other and go like, boy, I want to be like Pastor Stan. You know, as good as you are, you're not Jesus. Our standard is Jesus. We got to compare, not this way. We compare this way. So we got to look at Jesus, and we'll never be like Him until we meet Him face to face. But we are—that's our goal, right? We're trying every day, so we're preparing. And you single guys, get married. Your wife will help you do that. <laughs> Prepare means turn away. Now, when we talk about turning away, what is the word that? The church word we use. Repent. repent. So we could say repent from things that are unholy. And let me just tell you, the church doesn't really know all the things that are unholy. We think if we didn't murder somebody, uh, that we got to deal with God and he's happy with us. But if you have had anger with your brother, the scripture says you just killed him. That's New Testament stuff. And we all think the Old Testament is heavy, but I'm telling you, the New Testament is much heavier than the Old Testament. If you look at a woman with lust, you don't have to commit the act. You did it in your heart. New Testament is much heavier. So we have a lot to work on, don't we? Yeah. Amen. Amen. So turn away from things that are unholy and turn back to and make produce. We're supposed to be gaining, observe, celebrate, and put in order that which is made holy. And holy means set apart, firmly established. Don't we want to be firmly established in Christ? Amen. Somebody comes up and says, like you crazy Christians, you got blind faith. Well, it's not blind faith. Faith is, faith is like a muscle. It's real. It's tangible. It's got weight in the spirit. And we have real faith, right? Amen. Firmly established. 
a thousand people could walk by me and tell me, you know, I'm crazy, Jesus isn't real, God's dead, they're not going to phase me because been there, done that. I've already seen demons come out. We've seen the dead raised. We've seen miracles and the eyes opened. Amen? Nobody's going to persuade us and change our mind. We're firmly established. We're set up. We're fixed. Amen? Yes. We're ready for the day of judgment, right? Yes. That's what we want to do. Seven full miracles. I can't wait to walk into one of these huge hospitals and, and just say, I decree everybody come out of your bed and walk out of here perfect, just like they did when they left Egypt. None sick for 40 years, and everybody just stands up, shakes off the dust, and leaves the building. Now, that's a seven-fold miracle. I think it'll happen. At least I know the one that can do it. To celebrate something that is holy is to prepare. Don't just set on your blessed assurance. You'll get cobwebs and, you know, you'll be left behind. Not from the rapture, but from the group. You know, you'll, 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 you know there's people that say, make things happen. Some say, what happened? You know, don't be the ones that go like, what happened? What happened? Make it happen. You make it happen. Pastor Stan said this, but the Jews think, some of them, and probably some non-Jews, think that God formed the world on this day. And it says, then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. That's in Genesis 2-7. And when it says breathe, that is the Holy Ghost. That's the Ruah HaKadosh, the Holy Ghost come in. That's the spirit man that lives inside of us we're spirit soul and body right we have what you're seeing here see i'm going to look a lot better in the future than i look right now because this thing's going away i'm going to get a new glorified body i'm going to sooner you're never going to have to dress me again Amen. i'm going to be a sharp dressed man every day even when i get up with a bad hair day i'm going to look like wow It's also a day of coronation for a king. Who do you think they're talking about? The king of kings. Here's a king of Thailand. I don't think they're coronating, but see how much gold and how much celebration and fanfare he has. Well, when our king comes back, this is gonna look like kindergarten. Teruah is what Israel did. That's the day of blowing that brought down the walls of Jericho. We know the story, right? In Joshua, the walls came tumbling down. I don't think they tumbled down. I think God just put his foot on them and smashed them like a pot can, flat. It says they fell down flat. They didn't fall down flat. They fell down flat. He just steamrolled them right into the ground, and then they ran over the flat walls because of the day of blowing. There you go. That's what we're going to do Monday. We're going to tear down the walls of the satanic darkness over America. I can't wait. Blowing the show for us. Also called Judgment Day. When you judge yourself. Now the Bible says don't judge, at least you be judged. We're supposed to judge yourself. And if we do it now, we don't have to get it later, right? Amen. You single guys get married, your wife will help you. 
Now, even Hollywood likes to get in on all the action, and uh, it's called the movie Judgment Day. And they get a lot of things right in Hollywood, even though we call them around here Hollywood. But the Terminator, you see, he's got red eyes. Demons have red eyes. No, I speak in tongues and I got operating all the gifts, but I've never seen a demon in the spirit. Praise God. I just know they're ugly. But the very first time I went, soon he says she's seen them. First time I went to get deliverance, I'm sitting on the couch. Soon he's flopping around on the floor like a fish because she's always a show to go to get deliverance. You know, she's the life of the party. I'm just sitting there like, ho hum, is this guy ever going to shut up? And he's casting demons out of me. He, he goes, I see that demon in you. I go, what's he look like? And he goes, he's got red eyes. So demons have red eyes. But uh, judgment day. This, Jesus is going to come back and wipe these guys out. Rub him out with his thumb, with his lightsaber, the sword, the morning star. Judgment day. So you got the two-edged sword celebrating judgment. Amen? It is a time of asking and offering forgiveness of all wrongs from the past year. Unforgiveness is a huge sin. No, men, if they have a problem, they just duke it out and then, you know, they hug and life goes on, no problem. Women, they don't do it that way. They hold a grudge. <laughs> like, I never forget. Like an elephant, I remember forever. But forgiveness in the scripture, if you don't forgive, it says, I'll send in the tormentors. Those are spirits, evil spirits, and they will torment you and you will not like what happens. So forgiveness is huge. Even Jesus, they crucified him on the cross. He's going like to the thief, you know, he goes, you're innocent, I'm guilty. And Jesus says, you'll be with me in paradise. He forgave. Even Jesus, he's our example. So we have to look at him to find out how to operate in our life, right? So that doesn't mean if you forgive someone that did you wrong, that they're off the hook. The Lord says, vengeance is mine, I will repay. What it does Unforgiveness causes cancer. It eats you up from the inside out. It gets you off the hook. And then let the Lord deal with the perpetrator. Amen? Tishri, which is um, Monday, is a time to repent. Well, you know, follow my advice. Every day. Repent every day. Just, just cover, cover. Lust of the eyes, pride of life, lust of the flesh. Just repent. But especially on this day, Feast of Trumpets is a toot, toot, the king is coming. Get ready, change, repent, get things right, set it in order. Okay, here's another uh, how heavy this is. In the New Testament, five, uh, Matthew 5, 23 and 24. Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and we bring gifts to the altar. Amen. And there rememberest... That the brother has ought against thee. Oh, I got unforgiveness against my buddy. It says, leave the gift before the altar, go thy way, first be reconciled to thy brother. Straighten things out. See, the Lord wants us to give, but he wants us to give with a clean heart, a pure heart. That's the hard part, right? 
getting this thing cleaned up. You know, so I'm a man. <laughs> Suni doesn't like it when I say that. Just so you know, I'm a man. We'll, I'll be talking about some of that stuff Monday. Be sure to come to the September assembly. I know what sex I am. <laughs> and so does Suni. Why am I going this way? <laughs> Be reconciled to thy brother, then come and offer thy gift. This is important. We're supposed to forgive, get things straight. The Lord wants us to be right. So I know what I was going to say. I'm a man. So when I ask the Lord to clean my heart, I go, Father, send the Holy Ghost with a power washer. Wash my heart. You know, I don't say like, get a little sponge out and clean me up, God. No, I go, get the power washer out. <laughs> Scrub me with a wire brush, because I'm a man. So. <laughs> we gotta get clean. You do that. If you got hot, get clean. Then offer your gift. It's pleasing to the Lord. Is it easy to do? No. No, no the gospel's not easy. It's easy to get saved, but to walk like Jesus is hard. That's why you need to come to this church where we do training and equipping and teach you how to do that. Don't try to do it on your own. You'll mess up. It's hard enough with the group. It is meant to awaken the conscience. That's what the trumpet is doing. Toot! Wake up. Pay attention. It's time to wake up. You know, most of the church, this is why I have so many friends. I critic, they say, Lou, you got a critical, critical spirit. I go, no. Well, that's what it used to say. Now I say, yeah, I, I do. I got a critical spirit. Live with it. <laughs> most of the church is asleep. The average Christian church is asleep. They're going, blessings. Yes, that's part of God. He gives us blessings, but he's also the righteous judge. Knock off the funny business. Jesus is watching, Amen. and the angels are recording, yes. and judgment day is coming. Now is the time to think about what's going on, wake up, and get back on the track. It's a narrow path. It's not the wide one where we can do everything we want. We have to go nice and tight. And the closer you get to the Lord, the more narrow that thing gets. Amen? Amen. Amen. And we want that, don't we? You know, wouldn't it be nice to be uh, like the disciple that Jesus loved and put your head on his chest and, and know how he's moving every day? They think they want that narrow path until they start getting on it. And then they find out, ow, ow, <laughs> it's really hard to walk. That's a good thing, though. You know, I chase those I love. You know, you don't want to grow up to be... You know, a 65-year-old bubblegum chewing rude, you know, right? You want to grow up wearing a diaper, you know, you never grew up. You know, the Lord wants us to grow up, mature. Then we can do these things like the seven full miracles, raise the dead, cast out demons, heal the sick. Those things will happen because we're looking like Jesus. You know, if you don't want to do none of those things, go ahead and, and be stupid. 
Go ahead. See how you like it. Okay, back to scripture. Ezekiel 33, 4. Then whosoever heareth the sound of the trumpet, toot, 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 and taketh not warning if the sword come. We'll just remove that out of scripture, so to speak, because it is coming. And take him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. Well, we don't have that problem here because we're blowing the shofar. We're saying, get ready. The king is coming. So if there's blood, it's not on our head. It's on yours because you didn't pay attention. You didn't prepare. The Feast of Trumpets, Yom Terah, the day of blowing, Rosh Hashanah, is an alarm. Amen? Yeah. It's an alarm. The sound of the trumpet reminds us that judgment day is coming. It is a day of reckoning. I reckon we ought to get ready, huh? Yeah. Zephaniah 1, 14 through 16. The great day of the Lord, which is the day, is near. It is near and haste greatly, greatly, even the voice of the day of the Lord. The mighty man shall cry there bitterly. Think about it. What's that mean? It means the elite bankers got, they, they would say, I got more money than God. They don't, but they think they can buy their way out of all their problems. And, and they do a lot, but they're not buying it out of this one. <laughs> nope. God says there's no one. Yeah. Gold and silver into the streets. This day they will not escape. That day is a day of wrath. Not good. No, this is the other side of the coin. See, the two-edged sword. We can rejoice. This is a good time to rejoice because judgment day is not actually here yet. But it's coming. We still have time to work while the sun is shining. So let's be happy, you know. Let's take a swing at Satan and knock his block off and let's rejoice. We can put him under our feet. Amen. He is under our feet. Now, that doesn't mean it's easy. doesn't mean he's a pushover, but he's under our feet. But if you're not on God's side, it's look out. It's a day of wrath. They say, fall, hide us under the rocks that, uh, that the Lord doesn't see us, right? That the great day of the Lord. A day of trouble and distress, a day of wasteness and desolation, a day of darkness because he's coming back in the clouds of darkness, thick clouds of gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness. I think it'll be like Exodus where they could feel the darkness. Yes. You know, that'd be pretty wild, isn't it? You get up and it's not just dark, but you can feel it. <laughs> oh, scary. 16, a day of the trumpet. That's what it's going to sound like, only about a billion times more louder. Because when Jesus is coming back on that white horse, and there's millions of angels and all of us back there, and we're all got a shofar and tooting it, that's going to sound, man, that's what's going to make the mountains <laughs> shake and the mighty men quake. It's the day of the trumpet, an alarm against the fenced cities. What are the fenced cities? Things that the Bible calls Jericho and strong towers and against the high towers, the high places of worship, the Buddhist temples and the mosque and, and the satanic temples and even where they do the rituals in caves and underground. They think nobody can see them, but God sees them. Those places are going to go down. 
And we're going to take some down on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Hallelujah. Amen. I love this scripture. This is why you need to come and not just be a member of the church and not just come to the September assembly, but we need each other. I need you and you need me. If you're a Christian and you're the body of Christ, don't just be an arm or an eye or a leg out floating around all by yourself. You're a monster. You need to come and connect to the body. And this scripture is saying, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. It means go to church. Come to church, come to Bible study, come to profit training, come to deliverance training, come and be trained and equipped. Learn how to build the kingdom of heaven. Because if you're not trained, you're not going to do it right. You're going to be way out of balance. You know, so we'll finish the scripture and I'll tell you a story. As the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much more as we see the day approaching. Every day is closer, right? It's approaching. We're getting ready. Don't just sit on your blessed assurance. Get up and do something. Join together. I like what Leslie says. We're going to lock arms. Well, we need to lock arms. Satan's people know how to lock arms better than the Christians. That shouldn't be. We should lock arms and put him under our feet. Now, what was I going to tell you? Oh, training and equipping. See, I grew up in the Baptist church. They get a lot of people saved. Hallelujah. They're a good church. But they don't move in the, no, not all of them, but most, the one I was in didn't move in the spirit. Then we went to the assembly of God. I church top, so you don't have to do it. Okay. <laughs> we were looking for God. So we went everywhere, saw a lot of good, saw a lot of bad. And uh, the Lord said, come here because he knew it was done right. Amen. So uh, went to the assembly of God and they got all kinds of weird shaky bakey is what I call it. Out of order. Uh, craziness so they had a lot of the spirit moving but you know so they do a three-hour worship service or a three-hour service about two hours of worship and they'd read one scripture and then they would do all this craziness you know all in the spirit way strange and so I have a friend that says if you have God calling <laughs> I, I forgot to tell myself, turn off my phone. <laughs> so I had a friend that told me, if you have just the word, you'll dry up. If you have just the spirit, you'll blow up. But if you have the word and the spirit, you will grow up. So we need each other. If you have just the word, you will dry up. It's dry without the spirit. And if you have just the spirit, you'll blow up because you don't have any word. But you get a lot of the spirit, a lot of craziness. But if you have them both, which we do here, Word, King James Bible, and the Spirit, and it's done decently in order, you will grow up. You will mature. That's why we need each other. Come together and become trained and equipped and grow. And do this thing right, you know. We can't just be a little, little ranger, think we know everything about God, and we've read the Bible, and we can do this stuff because we cast out a demon one time, and we did a prophecy for somebody. You'll do it wrong. You need to be trained and equipped under people that have walked the road. You know, who's a good person to train you and equip you? People with battle scars that have won the battle. They've been on the front lines. They've took the blows. They paid their dues. Amen? Yes, yes. yes. We're, we're ending. We're ending. 
For if we sin willfully, after that we've received the knowledge of the truth, there remains no more sacrifice for sins. This is why we're blowing the trumpet. Stop sinning. If you're a Christian, we all sin. We don't want to, but we get. if you get too far off, come back now. Because if you don't, there is a certain fearful looking of judgment and fire indignation. You will be judged. You won't like it. Even Jesus said, remember to the seven churches, this I have against you. So that is your reminder. Come to the assembly. Come to Spirit of Prophecy Church. Ready or not, Jesus is coming back. I'm coming soon. There's what it looks like. Not Monday but in the future. So get ready. Father in heaven, I thank you for today that we can come and break bread and cast it on the waters. I pray that the people receive it, write it on their hearts and begin to function, live and move and breathe and have their being in you. Raise them up, Lord, sharpen their swords, help them to stop sinning, help them to hear your voice and walk with them every day and guide them in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Hello everyone, welcome to Spirit of Prophecy Church. It's a beautiful day in Plano, Texas, like beautiful day in the neighborhood. Awesome. Come to Texas, you'll find how wonderful the weather is. <laughs> if you're inside. <laughs> it's wonderful if you're inside, so nice and cool. But anyway, no, it's, it's a beautiful area, the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Um, you know, we, we could have moved really anywhere when we decided to leave Topeka, Kansas, and wanted to come back to Texas. Stan and I, were, we grew up in Odessa, Texas, and so we decided to come back to this area, and so we're, we chose this area. God directed us here, and we do like it. Yeah, right. <laughs> Stan goes, everybody should move here. Well, now if you love us, you can come. How about that? Y'all love me, right? Yeah. I love you, Leslie, right? <laughs> I have to make them say that. Um, so the few quick announcements. Uh, first of all, the beautiful decorations, and you can see the crown, the crown, excuse me, the cross back here. Um, Alina from our church did that, so thank you, Alina, especially if you're watching this online. I mean, really. I mean, I feel like I'm coming into a wedding. It's so beautiful, and she has such a gift and talent. And I said, here's a key, and you can do it every month. You can do it every season anyway, right? It's, have at it. It's, it's awesome. So thank you, Alina. I really do appreciate it. So I'll take you that one. And then, um, Melissa, I'll let you go ahead and talk about the children. So we have children's church, uh, Sunday school, too here at the Spirit of Prophecy Church, and we're really so blessed to have uh, Judith and also Melissa that are have taken it on themselves to get this going. And I mean, we almost have more children than we do adults attending. So it's awesome because you get the children here, you know the adults are going to come, unless they just drop them off. We don't want you to do that, but we want you to come and stay. But tell them a little bit what we're doing here in the month of September. Okay, so... Um, God is doing amazing things um, here with this ministry. Um, we've really seen God move and touch children's lives um, in many different ways. Um, we have a very lively group, so we have some really exciting activities planned for them. Um, we're going into creation for this month, the miracle of creation. And so we're going to do a couple of uh, activities for them um, leading into Noah's Ark. And then at the end of the month, we are going to 
um, talk about, you know, uh, giving to the Lord, tithing, and um, they're going to create some tithing jars, you know, to serve God. So um, I have a handout for parents if you're interested. And if you know anyone that is a parent that, um, you know, if anyone that you know that you meet, your neighbor or somebody, um, we can give them a paper as well. Amen. Hallelujah. I mean, give the Lord praise in here for what God is doing at the Spirit of Prophecy Church. I mean, it's really, really awesome. And so we just, we just, we just love the children and love more that there's several people that take over and <laughs> do what they're doing. All right. So I'll let you hold that. I'll just hold my glasses. Okay. Um, uh, Bible study will start up on Friday, September the 17th. So it will not start up this coming Friday. It'll be the following week. I had been announcing on the 10th, but it'll start on the 17th. Um, wanted to give a little bit more time because it'll be just right after the prayer and fasting that's on starts on Monday. So you still have time to sign up on watchmanstrumpet.com or go to the Prophecy Club. Sign up to come to the Watchman to the Solemn September Assembly, which is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We you can sign up online. Please come. It's a twenty-five dollar donation. Uh, it's here in Richardson, real close to our church here in Plano. But come to it. Uh, you can stay there. It's, it's switched from Hilt from Hyatt to Hilton, uh, but you, the name changed, but you can still sign up. We'd love to have you come and join us to pray for our nation. It's not be a prayer about your, for you or yourself or for even the church you attend or anything like that. This is for our nation. We want to come in one accord and really unite and really seek God on it and really pray hard for our nation. So if you haven't joined us in one of the ones in the past, come to this one. It's going to be awesome. We're really looking forward to it. Um, also, um, our church really does start at 9.30, so I encourage you that are watching on 9.30, if you, um, a.m., right, 9.30 a.m., if you, have, <laughs> if you uh, haven't uh, joined in on live stream at 9.30, you want to start doing that. For those of you here at the church, you want to come at 9.30, it's really, you miss a lot of, lot of awesome teachings, and really, it's part of what we do for Spirit of Prophecy Church, so you, we really want to encourage you to really start service at 9.30. And we're usually done at noon, and unless we can, can't get Stan to stop talking, but really, for the most part, we're really done by noon. So 9.30 to noon. Um, this intercessory prayer, we just had a, a get back, in, back into the, to the meeting here at the church. It, I heard it was just awesome. This was this last Thursday, and we'll be announcing when the next one is coming up, too. Um, and also... Um, then the private prophet training, you know who those of you are. That'll be Saturday, September the 18th. Hope you're doing your assignments. A <laughs> um, couple things for the church here. This is to sign up to bring the fellowship food. We've been having some great food. So it doesn't have to be donuts. It can be like Leslie Ann brought one time cereal. Lou, Lou and Suni, yeah, the Pop-Tarts, Lou and Suni, they bring, you know, eggs, I mean, a whole feast, or, and then Pastor Sam's been bringing his homemade bread. Uh, I've been asked, actually, a couple times already this morning, do you help Stan make it? No, that's N-O, no, that's his doing, and yes, he has to clean up his mess. I don't even have to clean it up. However, he's taken up all my cabinet space, all of it, so, with his bread-making stuff, and, and I'm so tired of sweeping up breadcrumbs he goes you're not cleaning up any breadcrumbs because he walks out there and he doesn't see him anymore because i already cleaned him up but but no thank you Sam. it's really it's it's really is good for, it's really good food really i mean it's like you eat it and you're like forget the steak 
He grinds his own. Well, you have your mind. He grinds his own. What'd you say, berry? Oh, wheat, wheat berry. He grinds the wheat. Yes, he grinds the wheat by hand. Oh no! Oh man! Thanks, there, Freddie. Three minutes. No, you can't have my mic. Oh gosh, it's blinged. You sure you want it? Oh, you better hold it. Oh ha! Oh, too hot. Huh. Okay, so I grind my own wheat berries. He does. By hand. That means I take the cup and I pour it in by hand, and it grinds it all up. And then, so that that bread you had this morning, yesterday was all wheat berries. I put three times the honey in it, so it'd be a little sweeter for you. How many of you liked it? How many want to go to heaven? How many, how many of you liked it? <laughs> Especially with lots of butter. And, um, and he sticks it in the bread machine maker. There you go. That's it. So th this would be to sign up for that. And then this is, this is for the, the prayer, but we don't know when the next one is. So just sign up and we'll let you know when the next prayer meeting is uh, here. Did I get all of those? Then I'm done on that. Now, some real exciting news. This last Wednesday, the, my YouTube channel, Train the Prophets, was launched. So, yay. So I'm, I'm excited. I wasn't two months ago, but I'm excited now. <laughs> it's called traintheprophets.com. That's my website, and you can also go to the YouTube channel, Train the Prophets, and watch the first session. There'll be another session that'll be uploaded today. Probably it was the word of the Lord that came forth on August the 8th, and then every Wednesday there'll be a new, a new teaching, a new session. So I encourage all of those of you that are watching to go to traintheprophets.com, the YouTube, click on like. You know, take your thumb and push down and click like. The little thumbs up, not thumbs down, thumbs up. And then also share, and also uh, it'll help me if you if we do subscribe. So if you'll subscribe to it, and then click the little bell, it'll notify you when there's a new new teaching, new session. But I am real excited about what God's doing, and I'm praying that it's going to just really go well. I'm believing that it'll go well. I'm saying, Lord, it will go well, right? In the name of Jesus, I mean, we, we have to ask for this, right? I, I'm one of those that believe, in, you know, prayer. Some people say, well, I just don't ever pray for myself because I don't want to be selfish. I say, are you kidding me? I mean, we got to pray for ourselves first. You got to pray for yourself. I mean, putting on your armor, like, yes, sir. What sort of things are on there? Where's your mic? Okay. So what sort of things are on it? It's uh, Right now I'm doing the teaching on um, what it takes to be a prophet, and also there'll be... The, that's really the main message. Uh, it's about what it takes to be a prophet, but there's going to be um, teachings, you know, related to that type of topic, and also you know, bring the church back to order. That's my heart. That's what God has laid on my heart to do is to call the church back to order. We're so we're such a mess and so out of order, and so much so that I'm like I've got like a, for lack of better words, I just have like a spirit of Deborah on me, like a judge. Coming down. So um, God just helps me to see things that way, to see that there's things that need to be brought back in order. Yes, sir? What do you sit on? I sit on a throne. And it feels like a throne. <laughs> a really nice chair for those of you, if you would have watched our uh, live stream a couple of weeks ago, you would have seen the chair that was issued to me, <laughs> given to me. 
that I took home. I don't. I just kind of declared it, that it's beautiful. White chair, gold on it, and it's not 100% gold. It sure feels like it, though, when you pick it up. But it's a beautiful chair, and I do have the gavel um, in a judge's robe, and there's for a particular reason that I do that. So anyway, go to traintheprophets.com and check it out for yourself. I think it's time to pray. Right. Yep. So let's stand. Let's pray. We'll get our service going this morning. Alina, you missed me saying thank you earlier. So I'm so glad to see you. You just had gallbladder surgery and here she is. I mean, praise the Lord. Give the Lord praise. I mean, obviously he really did touch her like that. And uh, I know there's already thoughts for the next month or the next season. So that's awesome. I'm glad for, glad for that. So thank you again. It looks beautiful. And we all think that we're coming into um, a wedding. So praise, praise the Lord. It really is beautiful. Dear Heavenly Father, we just come boldly before your throne of grace and mercy, and we thank you so much that we can. And Lord, I thank you that the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit is welcome in this place. We don't want to do anything that will be out of order. We don't want to do anything that would be displeasing to you. Lord, I ask in the name of Jesus that I know that you says in your word that the truth will make us free. So I ask, Lord, right now in the name of Jesus, as we come to praise you and to worship you in spirit and truth, and because of that truth, it's going to make us want to be free. No matter what the heavy burden is on our hearts, no matter what is going on in our lives, Lord, I know that you will make a way. And for those of you that are watching and those of you that are here, you might say, Lord, I need you to make a way financially for me. I need to get out of this bondage right now in the name of Jesus. And I break off that spirit of poverty right now in Jesus' name and command it to go, to cease in these people's lives. Your people, Lord. We call it to, to get out of these people's lives, out of their pocketbooks, out of their generations in the name of Jesus. We declare, Lord, that we're the head, not the tail. Lord, we can declare in your word. And so we declare that we are. We are financially free in Jesus' name. Lord, it says the wealth of the sinners laid up for the just, and we are your just. If you're his just, then raise your hand and say, I'm your just, Lord. So I know that you will release... A blessing to me. I will not be in poverty, in financial debt anymore. I declare it's done. And I speak to those bills. I say you're paid in Jesus' name. And Lord, I thank that you're sending it forth. We open up our hand and receive. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Lord, also for those of you that are watching online, if there's someone here that's just have some kind of sickness, illness, illness in their bodies, we just declare that they are healed right now in Jesus' name. We declare they're healed, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord, if they're having some kind of family issue, just, just they're having disagreements, we just say peace be in that home right now in Jesus' name. Peace be there. You know, it says put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And so maybe you just need to be playing some music in your home, praise and worship music in your home softly to just dissipate that spirit of heaviness that might be operating in your home. So, Lord, we do. We give you praise, honor, and glory, and we thank you that this service is anointed. I thank you, Lord, that we have on our full armor of God. We have on the helmet of salvation, the righteous breastplate, our girdle of truth, the shield of faith. We have the sword of the Spirit and our gospel feet shod. That's these things. They're going to move, right? Gospel feet shaw. We're standing on the word, the word of God. We also plead the blood of Jesus over our spirit, soul, and body. Health, mind, conscious, subconscious, and subliminal areas. And all communication. Everybody do this. All communication coming to, from, around, and concerning me. 
I ask, Lord of hosts, to place your ministering and guarding angels around me and my family today. And, Lord, bless us indeed in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We'll get our service going. Thank you for the anointing, Lord. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's put our hands together. Oh, Lord, my God, in you I put my hope. Oh, Lord, my God, in you I put my trust. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, my God, in you I put my hope. Singing in you. In you. In you I find my In you, in you, I find my strength. In you, I live and move and breathe. Let everything I say and do, let everything I say and do be founded by my faith in you. Lift the holy hands and sing. Let the praises ring. Oh Lord, my God, to you I give my hands. Oh yes, I do. Oh Lord, my God, to you I give my feet. Hallelujah. Oh Lord, my God, to you I give my everything. Yes, we do, Lord. Oh Lord, my God, to you I give my life. I find my peace in you I find my strength in you in you I find my strength in you I find my peace in you I live and move and breathe let everything I say and do let everything I say and do be founded by my faith in you I lift up holy hands and sing let the praises ring. Let the praises ring. Come on, let me see your hands up high. Hallelujah. Are you free? Now let's get those feet moving. Come on. Let the praises ring. Let the praises ring. 
praises ring. Oh, let the praises ring. Come on, get on some praise. Lord, you are King of kings and Lord of lords, Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, Father God. We come to praise your great and mighty name. You are worthy to be praised, Father God. We lift up your mighty, great name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. Lord, we want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. To see you high and lifted up, shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power and love as we sing holy, holy, holy. Sing and open up. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. Lord, we want to see you. Yes, we do. Because I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. Lord, we want to see you. I want to see you. We want to see you high and lifted up. See you high and lifted up. Shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power and love. As we sing, holy, holy, holy. High and lifted up. High and lifted up. You're shining in the light of your glory. You pour out your power and love. As we sing, holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. Come on, sing and holy. Yes, holy, 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 I want to see you. Singing holy, 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 holy. Yes, we cry. Holy, holy, holy. Hallelujah. Holy, holy, holy. I want to see you. Yes, we do. You are holy, holy, holy. You are holy, holy, holy. You are holy, holy, holy. I want to see you.
atmosphere is changing now for the spirit of the lord is here the evidence is all around that the spirit of the lord is here the atmosphere is changing now for the spirit of the lord is here the evidence is all around but the spirit of the lord is here i'm going to do something different i usually have the men come up but i'm going to ask the ladies Come up, and I want you men to pray for these ladies, that they be financially set free, for those that need to be set free, also for, also that they are, if they're in their home, raising children. So ladies, come up, let's get prayed for. We'll let the men just stretch forth your hands and pray for these ladies as they come up here. I welcome all the ladies, all the females, young too, young girls, you can come. Hallelujah. Atmosphere is changing now for the spirit of the Lord is here. The evidence is all around. Hallelujah. Come on, ladies. For the spirit and men. of the Lord. Yes, thank you. Just reach your hands out. Pray for these ladies here. These young girls, come on up. Come on up and kneel down. Come on, young ladies. We're gonna pray for y'all too. For the spirit of the Lord is here. The evidence is all around that the spirit of the Lord is here. Flow in this place, fill our hearts with your love, your love surrounds us. You're the reason we came to encounter your love, your love surrounds us. Overflow in this place. Fill our hearts with your love, your love surrounds us. You're the reason we came to encounter your love, your love surrounds
Jesus. We thank you for setting them free, Lord. We declare in the name of Jesus they have increased in their finances. They have increased. Lord, all of a sudden the, the, their bosses find favor with them right now. Their families find favor with them right now in Jesus' name. The husbands find favor with them right now in Jesus' name. The unbelieving husband is now coming to the Lord. We just declare we're speaking ahead of time right now in Jesus' name. We thank you for it, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for healing. We thank you, Lord, for a new opportunity, new job opportunities for those that are looking right now in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, giving them strength. Lord, give them strength in the name of Jesus. Give them strength. We thank you for it, Lord. The children will be come just under the nurturing and admonition of the Lord because as they pray for them, their prayers are going to be heard in the name of Jesus. We're agreeing with you, Lord. We're agreeing right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And ladies, you can sit back whenever you want, or you can sit up here and just keep soaking it in, and let the Lord just continue to minister to you.
giving life, bringing healing and deliverance wherever it flows. Lord, we thank you for this time. It can come in great. You are great in mighty name and give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. We thank you for this time when we can come in spirit and in unity and in truth and declare you, Jesus, our Lord and Savior, in one roof, in one accord, in one place, and cry out to you. Lord, we ask that you would just continue to penetrate our hearts with your love that we can pour out to others in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. I want everybody just to give the Lord praise in here as you're being seated. Hallelujah. You love the Lord in here? Hallelujah. You know, we can go to ball games and things like that and just shout and hoot and holler and, and praise that team. And then we come to church or during our lives during the week and we forget to shoot and holler and say, thank you, Jesus. So I'm going to say one, two, three, then we'll say, thank you, Jesus, real loud. How about that? Yeah. Thank you, one, two, three. Thank, thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. All right, you children, you be good back there. I know they all heard me. They're good. They're the a blessing. The said be good. Yeah. <laughs> They're a blessing, aren't they? They're a blessing. Hallelujah. Wow. Where did all these children come It's from? awesome. We've been praying for them to come in. Hallelujah. So now, help us to pray for that bigger church. We need that bigger place. Dear Heavenly Father, we just love you so much. We really do. And um, I think they're supposed to have communion. Can you make sure it's ready? Okay. So, Lord, I just thank you in the name of Jesus that as we uh, come to you the first of each month, the first Sunday of each month, we're going to... Just God, give honor to you with the communion. So as they're getting prepared, I just right now, I just anoint Stan from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. Lord, give him the words to speak. Just anoint his lips in the name of Jesus. Anoint his tongue, Lord, to speak your word, to speak your truth, and to speak the message that you've laid on his heart to give. Lord, I thank you that you're going to give him revelation knowledge. I thank you in advance. You'll give him revelation knowledge even more. And that we will have ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. And right now, Lord, as he comes to bring, take up the communion, I just ask that you begin to prepare our hearts. For, Lord, we know that we are sinners. But we know that we can ask forgiveness, and that is done. So, Lord, I give you praise and honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys want to bring that uh, body and blood right up here? We're going to pray for it, and then we'll distribute it. Need some blood and a body up here. Okay, we got the bloody. We are. This is modern technology. Next year, you'll be able to do this with your cell phone. Just, <laughs> Lord, yes, we know this is only grape juice. We know that this is unleavened bread, and it's packaged very conveniently. But more importantly, we know what it represents. It represents the most powerful thing in the six-thousand-year history of man. And that is your sacrificed blood on the cross. And we bless it. We ask that the body and blood would represent you in Jesus' name. Amen. As they distribute it. Now, today, in preparation for 
for the basically the one and only ritual that we have in the New Testament Christian church, and that is, he said, this do in remembrance of me. Today, instead of talking about what happens up in the upper room, Passover night, just before Jesus was about to be arrested, instead, today I want to take you into Gethsemane, or Gethsemane, as we Gentiles say it. I've been there. Leslie been in there a couple of times. We have knelt down beside the very olive trees because olive trees live 2,000 years or more sometimes. And they say that if these are not the very olive trees that Jesus prayed next to, they're definitely the descendants of those olive trees. I've been there. I've not just been there to the public area where the public gets to go, but our tour guide took us back into the places that the, the public doesn't get to go to. So before we take this communion today, I want us to go to that prayer spot. Minty Lisa, let's go to that prayer spot. This is a few hours after the upper room, after the, the Passover meal. Jesus knelt down and he, he asked his disciples. These are the 12 men that walked and talked with him for, depends on how long time, several years. These are the men that saw the miracles, the blind see, the lame walk, the multiplication of the loaves and the fishes. They saw the miracles. They heard Jesus tell them several times that he was going to die and rise again, but they didn't get it. Sometimes we hear and we don't get it. We hear, but the revelation doesn't hit our, our heart. But for just a moment, before we take this body and the blood today, Jesus, as, our, as his disciples, has asked us to pray. Jesus walks over by himself apart, the Bible says. He gets on his knees. He does not pray and sweat blood. He says he, he sweat, as it were, great drops of blood. Because blood makes a bigger drop than water. That's all he was trying to say. All the Bible's trying to say is Jesus was praying so hard, he was sweating. Why? I'm going to try not to be emotional about this. But he was praying because he knew he was about to be arrested. He knew he was about to endure the most painful death of any human on earth. He knew that his beard would be pulled out. He knew he would be stripped naked. That's what they did. They didn't clothe them. They stripped them naked. He knew that they were going to nail him to the cross. And by the way, they don't think the nail went in here because that can pull out. You're up there for three days. You're going to do your best to try to pull out. They believe that the nail actually goes in here. You can't pull that out. And you'd think that a nail going in there would cause a person to bleed to death. No, it doesn't. A sharp nail goes right past all of the arteries and veins, all of the ligaments, all of the bones. Right there is the perfect place. And they literally nailed him to the cross. There and then right here is where they do it in the foot. It goes right past the ligaments, the veins, the arteries. And they can live on that cross for several days. 
they don't die from lack of blood. They die because they're like this. And after a while, you know, if you're like that, you can't get breath. And so they have to push up like that to get a breath every time. And after a while, their muscles give out. They die from asphyxiation. They, their muscles give out and they simply can't take another breath. But Jesus didn't die from asphyxiation. Amen. Jesus didn't die from a sword going into his side. No one killed Jesus. Amen. He gave up his life. Amen. And he gave up his life for me and for you. So as he's there on his knees, next to the olive trees in the olive garden, Geshmone, he knew he was about to be nailed to that cross. He knew they would be spitting on him. He knew that they would be laughing and mocking him. Jesus, if you're the Son of God, come down from the cross and we'll believe. But that's not what the Father had designed. Because he was about to put all of the sins of humankind, all the sins past, present, and future, including mine. And that was a lot. You're supposed to agree. <laughs> You're probably saying, yeah, mine too. No, mine was a lot. And that's the reason the father had to turn his back because the father can't look on sin. So the father turned his back while all the sin. But that's the reason Jesus says, Father, why hast thou forsaken me? He knew the Father. The Father had to turn his back because he can't look on sin. No one took his life. Jesus gave his life. He didn't die from asphyxiation. He gave up the ghost. He gave his life. He could have called legions of angels. One angel killed 195,000 Philistines just like that. One angel, not to mention legions of angels, he could have put a stop to it at any point. He laid his life down so that we could take our life up. But you have to be baptized. Well, wait a minute. What about the guy that's on the cross? And He's a thief. He's a thief. He's being crucified. He's being killed. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. This day you'll be with me in paradise. The man didn't get saved. He didn't get washed. I mean, yes, you should get baptized. He didn't get a lot of the things. But he got the one most important thing. That is, he realized that the blood of Jesus washed him clean. And that is our power today. That is the power. That's the thing that Jesus is trying to get us to do. Is to use his name and to use his blood. To overcome the evil one. Amen. So as he's out there praying today, I want us to remember, those disciples knew, but we know more. Amen. We understand so much more than they did. So we should be doing it so much better than they did. Yes. So, Jesus handed around the little plastic cup. Well, maybe, maybe it wasn't plastic. 
I can get this open here. Um, I, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. <laughs> I think I got it. No. Yes, I got it. I did. I got it. I got it. Now, inside the little cellophane top, you find the body of Jesus or a little unleavened bread that represents his body. Now, we joke, but this is serious. It's just unleavened bread, but it just represents the body of our Lord. So, in the upper room, Jesus handed around, and it was the reason I say they broke bread because it was unleavened. It was like a cracker. All it was was ground up wheat with a little bit of oil in it, and it was cooked. And they took it, and he says, This is my body that is broken for you. And they all laid. Then he poured. Oh man, I'm having a tough time today. It may drip out, I may have juice all over me. Poured it, the wine. He says, this is my blood that is shed for you, and they all drank. Now, very good. Would you meet me just a second? Lord, thank you for what you did. No one made you do it. But before the book of life was even written, the plan was already set. Only you know the end from the beginning. And you had already agreed that when Adam and Eve ate of the fruit and they fell, that you would die to open the door back up to the Father of light, so we can live eternally with you. Thank you for it in Jesus' name. As a matter of fact, Lord, this morning we say, worthy is the Lamb. Worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lamb to take the book and to open the seals thereof because he was slain, has redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred, tongue, people, and nation and has made us unto our God kings and priests and we shall reign on the earth. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. And Lord, we ask you to open our eyes, open our heart, let us see and know and understand you and your scriptures and your plan for us and the times we live in. And let us know that your name is the most powerful thing in the universe. And you've called us in these last days to prepare to use your name, to walk in your power, and to get victory in your name. Help us to understand that, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, you see the number two up there? That's because some of the slides from last week are in this week. And I think we'll get to some of those. But I'm about to surprise you with some information. So, the point is, there is power in the name of Jesus. That's the point we're trying to get across today. This is an article... And as you can see over here to the left, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. That's just nine, but there's page after page after page. There are many news outlets saying this happened. Here's what happened. Saudi Arabia and Russia signed a deal to develop joint military cooperation. August 24th, 
Saudi Arabia and Russia on Monday signed an agreement to develop joint military cooperation between the two countries, according to the kingdom's deputy minister. Prince Khalid met with Russian defense minister, quote, explore ways to strengthen military and defense cooperation between the two countries. Quote, we discussed a common endeavor to preserve stability and the security in the region and reviewed shared challenges facing our countries, he added. He met with a Russian defense minister who explored ways to strengthen the military defense. Okay, so what happened? Essentially, the Saudis signed an agreement with the Russians so that the Russians would now be their protection. Is that important? Yeah. Let me tell you what happened. This just pulled off the internet yesterday. This is Saturday, September the 4th. Biden signed order releasing FBI documents on Saudi 9-11 ties. It says the families allege that the FBI lied or destroyed evidence. Surely not. Our FBI doing something wrong. Destroyed evidence tying Saudi Arabian officials to the team of Al-Qaeda hijackers. In other words, because the Saudis signed an agreement to let the Russians protect them instead of the U.S. military, as a result, Biden says, well, I'll just release the truth about you. Basically, that's what it's saying. Is that important? Oh, that's real important. Now, another article from yesterday, September 4th. Federal unemployment benefits end this weekend for millions of Americans. Many are scared what comes next. It goes down to say, federal unemployment benefits end this weekend for millions of people. They've been in place since the CARES Act in March of 2020. Many recipients reached the CNBC are scared what's come to come, going to come. The COVID Delta variant threatens their ability to find new jobs, enhance or ending enhanced jobless benefits will likely push some workers off the sidelines, uh, but could hurt the economy if household cut spending in response. So your answer is? Right? Right? How do you think that's important? This is an open book test. Raise your hand. Why is that important? How many of you know why that's important? That's what I thought. I got two hands. What you just saw is something huge. I don't even think I've heard it on the news. None of this is on the news. I'll pull this all off the internet. Okay, so what does it mean? This comes to us from Terry Bennett. An angel, Gabriel, visited him December the 10th, 2001, he says. Now, to give you the background about why we know this is accurate and why this is important, the angel told him that from 2008 to 2015, the predominant issue of the first period from 2008 to 2015 would be economic problems. He said 2008 would be the beginning of economic sorrows in America. Was it? Yes. yes. The whole world financial system almost collapsed in 2008. It says, and the world, during this time, the economic wealth of the United States will be neutralized. The military power of the United States will be greatly diminished. That economic problems will be the primary cause for the military power being weakened. The status of the United States as a world power would end during this time. Now, here's the part we've got to pay attention to. There will be a change in the U.S. currency. 
a different currency is going to come, at least one, that will entail us no longer being the reserve currency of the world. Wait a minute, we're still carrying the same currency, right? But it's about to change. As a matter of fact, it's probably about to change even this month. So this prophecy is about to hit. But it goes on to say it's going to uh, entail us no longer being the reserve currency of the world. What does the reserve currency mean? The reserve currency means that if you're going to buy and sell crude oil, for example, any place in the world, the only way you can buy or sell that is by having dollars. In other words, let's say Japan wants to buy crude oil, it has to buy a lot of it. It has to be, have big piles of dollars. So it goes to Saudi Arabia and it buys the crude oil with the dollars. So that means the 198 countries have to have big piles of dollars to buy the crude oil. What it's saying is that system is about to go away. So, here's the so. In the governmental area, the prophecy goes on to say, there's gonna be a dramatic change in government. Has there been a dramatic change in government over the last, so oh, four, four and a half years? His name was? Well, I was thinking more like DJT, yes. Dramatic change in government, there'll be a time of anarchy and chaos, true? Yep. For a while, we'll have a fractional government that hasn't hit yet. Hmm, what's going on? Our government will come down to the state level. The military will step in. What? The military will step in. What did Dimitri Dudeman say? He said the fall of America would start with an internal revolution started by the communists. So when it says a fractional government, the military steps in, what do you call that? An internal revolution. My opinion, we're talking about any day now, any month now, that could start. Step in and seize control of the federal government. Okay, the military steps in and seizes control, what do you call that? The definition is internal revolution. You'd call it a coup, but in all honesty, it'd be to help our nation. He saw lawlessness and chaos and civil unrest. Now, look at the next prophecy. When the checks from our government stop coming to the people, chaos will ensue. Well, where is that? Is that coming? If I can get this thing to change. There. There it is. The checks stopped. They're not stopping. They've already stopped. Yes. As of September 1, the checks stopped. So basically what we're saying is the music stopped, but some people haven't discovered that the music has stopped. While those people that have information that understand know they're starting to look for a chair. We're starting to look for a chair. Most people don't know the music stopped. That's what this is saying. This is saying this part of the prophecy right here has already come to pass. Ah, back up. This comes to us from Hal Turner. He says, Saudi and Russia officials Tuesday announces the signing of a military cooperation pact between the two countries. That's the article we read earlier. So we'll skip part of it. But what does that mean? Well, in the 1970s, the petrodollar was created. This is going to tie very big to the Bible and to what we're doing to, to where we are in the message today, in just a second. 70s, the petrodollar was created. What happened was, 
The U.S. agreed to protect Saudi Arabia, and the Saudis agreed to standardize the sale of oil based upon the U.S. dollar. Got it? So what essentially Saudi said, we want the U.S. military to protect us because Iran kept attacking them and all kinds of problems. We want the U.S. military to protect us. The U.S. said, okay, fine, we'll give you our military protection, but we want all of your oil to be sold only in dollars. What'd that do? That meant whether it's Japan or Germany or France or England, wherever it is, if they wanted Saudi oil, they had to get big piles of dollars in order to buy that crude oil. So it all, they always had to have big piles of dollars on, on demand to be able to buy the crude oil. What did that do for the dollar? <laughs> now, all of a sudden, the dollar is the what? What do you call that? Reserve currency. Reserve currency. Reserve it's the reserve. You, see, there you go. You guys got it. It's the reserve currency. So what, what does that mean? That meant that August 24th, the dollar is no more the reserve currency of the world. That means that all of the other nations no longer have to have big piles of dollars on hand. So what does that mean? That means that the value of the dollar, well, the question is whether it's going down like this or whether it's going down like this. Uh, yeah, we, we hope it's not going down like this, right? He says, the system caused literally every country in the world to hold U.S. dollars in the currency reserves. Now they're saying no one needs dollars anymore. Okay, hang on to that. Dollar crash. This is uh, Shane Warren. We had him come right here and speak back in 2012. He made a DVD called Storm, Judgment, and Revival. And in that, he described that he had a vision. He said he was watching TV. All of a sudden, the TV changed into a vision. Now, I'm going to skip through it and just get to the points. He said, I saw a storm, a financial storm, covering from the north, south, east, and west all over America. Not a hurricane. Financial storm. A weather report in the eye of the storm said it's raining. It's raining. He picked up dollar bills, a fistful of dollar bills, and says they're worthless. They're blowing in the wind, worthless as leaves. Okay, that's the first thing. So the first thing we look for in this prophecy is when the dollar is blowing worthless as leaves. Second part of the vision. Then I saw the new Madrid fault. I keep saying Madrid. It's Madrid. Madrid, Madrid, Madrid. I can't seem to get that out of my head. New Madrid. The New Madrid Fault in the heartland of America just had a major earthquake. I heard a burn, booming voice speak from behind me saying, they had divided my land, now I will divide their land. Meaning, we cause Israel to give the Palestinians a state. We divide Israel, so God divides us. That's the second part of the prophecy. Now, what causes the dollar to fall? He said the devaluing of the dollar is going to be caused by riding in the streets. I said, what would cause the rioting in the streets? Yeah, devaluing in the money. I saw silver, not gold, begin to drastically increase in value. I saw riots break out in major parts of the cities of America, which has already started, but it's about to get worse. People riding in the streets, and their signs said, give us our entitlements, give us our entitlements. What's that? Give us our checks. What happened September 1? What happened, what, four... Five days ago, they stopped the checks. This game came to him in 2010. This was 11 years ago he saw this. And now, it's not coming. 
We're not talking about something might happen. It has happened. The dollar is in the process of falling. The music has stopped. The question is whether we're looking for a chair. We should be looking for a chair, but as Christians, be looking to use the name of Jesus. I'm not saying this to try to, to get you to prosper in good in, in hard times, though you will. But I'm saying this to try to get us all to go to work. So essentially what it's saying, there's going to be a time of anarchy and chaos. That started March 2020. When oil is not sold in dollars, that started August 24th. When checks stop coming from the government, that started September 1. Dollars will become worthless. A new currency will come. Military will take over an internal revolution. There's going to be a, a new Madrid fault, excuse me, earthquake. As a result of that, miracles return to the church. And there's going to be a wealth transfer coming into the hands of believers. That's what Shane Warren says. Now, for this next part, I'm not setting dates. So if God is doing these events, I said, if God is doing what I'm about to say, they're going to happen on or about or associated with his feast days because the feast days are not party days. Okay, you guys get to have a party on this day. Okay, take off. Okay, <laughs> It's not about that. It's got, what God is saying is when I do something, when it's my hand, I will do it on these days. That's what he's saying. So what is the Feast of Trumpets? Well, Lou just spent 45 minutes explaining the Feast of Trumpets. It means it is a day of war. It is a day of blowing trumpets. By the way, I wrote this last night when I didn't know what he was talking on. Feast of Atonement. What is the Feast of Atonement? Well, the only time they blow the trumpets on the Feast of Atonement is once every 50 years for the Jubilee. Okay, what's, what are we talking about? Well, Leviticus 25 says, you are to number seven Sabbaths. What's a Sabbath? Okay, it's, it's a holy day. So seven Sabbaths of years, so that's seven years. And you're to do it seven times seven years, which is, I don't know if you can see that, but there's a seven times, four, seven is 49. So every 49 years, the 50th year, got it? 49 years, or to you left or right, every 49 years, at the end of the 49th year, they are to blow a trumpet. And that trumpet is a signal to Jubilee. And then the 50th year is the Jubilee. What happens on the Jubilee? This is what happens. Then you cause the trumpet of the Jubilee to sound when the 10th day of the seventh month, which is the day of atonement. You'll hollow the 50th year, proclaim liberty throughout all the land, all the inhabitants thereof. It'll be a Jubilee and you shall return every man unto his possession. So if someone had sold property, they can only sell the property up to the Jubilee. At the Jubilee, the property has to return to them. You're to return every man to his family. You've got to release all of the slaves. Who are the slaves? In the world, right now, everybody's a slave to who? The Moloch and the ball worshippers. The people that have the swift money system. We are all enslaved into that money system. Like it or not, know it or not. We all are. Return every man to his family. So, when do you suppose the great financial transfer might take place? Jubilee. Okay, when is the Jubilee? Uh, where, where did it say? Where did it say? Where did it say? Where did it say? 
Well, the Jubilee should be in the 50th. Yeah, 10th day. I'm trying to find it here, but yes, I know. All right, so. Ah, back up. Not there yet. Not there. Back up. <laughs> if you don't mind, I'm going to get the caller. <laughs> move on Stan move on <laughs> it's not obeying here okay so here it is Exodus 19 13 there shall not be a hand touch it he shall be this is when this is the first time the first time the trumpet is blown this is Exodus 19 13 it says you shall not touch the holy mountain that's what he's talking about anybody that does will be surely stoned or shot through whether it be beast or man, it shall not live when the trumpet soundeth long. And then verse 18, And people saw thunderings and lightnings and the noise of the trumpet. The trumpet of the Jubilee is to sound on the day of atonement. And here it is. And if you ever go to war in your land against any enemy that oppresses you, then you blow an alarm with the trumpets. And you should be remembered before the Lord your God and, he sh and you should be saved from your enemies. So blowing a trumpet is a declaration of war, which is why we're going to do it tomorrow at sundown at the solemn September assembly. And we are going to blow it seven times and we're going to have a shout to the end. I'm going to give you a little bit of a preview here because that's what they did when God gave them the victory of Gideon and the Midianites. And they, they got the great victory. So blowing trumpets is very important. And tomorrow may start a jubilee. We know it starts the Feast of Trumpets. It may start a Jubilee. If you know what the two cows are, then that fits in. But the Jubilee happens 10 days later. Wait a minute. Why are you changing? I didn't ask you to get there. This is where you're supposed to be. If you'll just do as you're told. <laughs> it is not obeying. I didn't push it twice. Okay, so let me explain. So the Jubilee takes place here. This is the Feast of Trumpets. Look in the very center, in the orange area, kind of the lower part of it, it says Trumpets. That is tomorrow at sundown, Jerusalem time, which is actually, I think it actually it's like already sounded. Something like early this morning, right? I, I haven't looked up Israeli time. And on that day is when the trumpet sounds, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we were alive remained, all of that's, that's the day Jesus returns. It is also the day that the tri tribulation actually starts. However, for our purpose, we blow the trumpet to signal uh, war against the devil to take his hands off of our nation. All right, now, get to our point today. Get ready to use my name, Jesus. We talked about this, this is a brief review. We talked about this briefly last week. And that is, John answered him saying, Master, we saw one casting devils out in thy name, but he didn't follow us, should we forbid him? And he said, No, forbid him not, for there is no man which can do miracles in my name that can likely speak evil of me. In other words, he's saying, we, us, normal people, not one of the twelve disciples there, he has given us that authority just like those disciples. He's expecting us to go out and use his name. And that's the message today. I believe what we're about to see is we're probably about to see 
a military takeover of America, and it may very well start tomorrow. We're probably on the 16th, 10 days later is the Day of Atonement. If I had to guess, that would be my guess, the date that the great wealth transfer takes place. Proverbs 13:22 says that the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. Just seeing if you'd fill in the blank there. Wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. And it could be that a lot of big things are about to take place in the month of September. If it's the hand of God, and I believe it is, then we'll see some of these things take place. Now, let me say it again. Trumpets is a day of war. Would you call the good guys taking over the bad guys over our military, would you call that a declaration of war? Yes. See what I'm saying? So if the military is going to take back America for the good, that would most likely take place on the day of war, which is the day of trumpets. That's my point. Did I make my point? Yes. Okay. Ten days later is Jubilee, when they blow the, the trumpet and the people are set free. That would be a very good time for the wealth of the wicked to be turned over to the just. As they turn off the old SWIFT system and they turn on the new QFS system. Okay. Yes, I know there's going to be some people that are going to lose everything. But hopefully the, the prophecy says that the wealth is going to be turned to the church. <clears throat> All right. The next thing we have to remember in using his name Jesus said, the works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. As we start using the name of Jesus in these days ahead, it's going to bear witness. People are going to say, right now, they don't want to believe us. They don't want to believe this, that we're in the last days. They don't want to believe that America is going to be destroyed. They don't want to believe, they don't want to believe, they don't, they don't want to hear any of this. But when the miracles start, they're going to have to say, okay, why is this happening? I had a guy from France email me. He said, I had a dream about you. He said, you were being interviewed on a secular TV station, very large. I saw the lady, she was wearing a green dress. One of the questions she asked you was, why is it do you have so many miracles in your meetings? That's a pretty good question. I wanna say that those are the kind of questions that we're gonna start getting. People can start coming up to you and they're going to start saying, why is it your prayers, you see so many people healed, so many people delivered? Why is it there's so many miracles at your prayers? I'll tell you why it is. Because we're using the name. Amen. The name. Not us. We have no power. But we believe. We know. And so it's through his name, through his blood, through his power that we do these things. And we're going to give him all the glory. Amen. Not us. These are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Believing him have the life through his name. His name is everything. We covered this, so I'll move quickly. In the name of Jesus Christ, you cannot but speak things which you have seen and heard. They were all filled with the devil and began to speak with other tongues. Thank you. You're supposed to correct that. They're all filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. How many are filled with the Holy Ghost? Yes. Amen. How many speak in tongues? Yes. If you didn't raise your hand, hang around behind and we'll pray for you. We'll get that done for you. I think it's one of the greatest gifts I've ever got. 
<clears throat> and to him they agreed when they had to call the apostles and beaten them, beaten them. They commanded them that should not speak in the name of Jesus and let him go. What was the problem? The name. The name. So they departed from the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer for his name. And daily in the temple and in every house they ceased not to teach and preach in the name. So remember when these miracles start happening, it's not us. It's the name. It's the name. And we lift up that name. It's the blood that did it. But there's a certain man called Simon, which before time in the same city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that himself was a great one. So whom they have all heed from the least unto the greatest, saying, This man is the great power of God. Have you seen that? Have you seen that? Where all the people going after this person? Oh, yeah, I've seen it. And him they regard because of a long time they bewitched them with sorceries. But, there's the word, but when they believed Philip, preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. So then Simon, this is God that bewitched them, Simon himself believed also, and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and wondered. See, the world is going to wonder after the beast. Wondered, beholding the miracles and signs which they had done. So what was it that got their attention? The miracles and the signs. When the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto Peter and John, who when they were come down, they prayed for them, that they might receive the Holy Ghost, as he had fallen upon none of them. They were only baptized in the name. In other words, they were only water dunked. They weren't spirit baptized. They were water dunked, but they weren't speaking in tongues. They weren't flowing in the power of the Holy Spirit. So what did they do? They laid hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost. So that's one of the things you do to get the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Saul was come to Jerusalem and assayed to join himself the disciples. But they were all afraid of him and believed not that he was a disciple. Why? Because Saul was the guy that was arresting Christians, bringing them in and beating them and seeing that they get stoned. So now all of a sudden, he's a Christian. They don't believe it. They were afraid of him. So Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declare to them how he had seen the Lord in the way. So this is Saul had seen the Lord in the way. Remember the road to Damascus. And that he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. So this is Saul that was arresting and torturing Christians. Now is preaching the name of Jesus. And he was with them coming in and going out to Jerusalem. And he spake boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus and disputed against the Grecians. But they went about to slay him. So this is the guy that was killing Christians that got converted. We're going to see a lot of people like that in the next, you mark my word, in the next few years, when the revivals comes, when the great power comes, we're going to see people that you never thought would turn to Jesus. They'll turn to Jesus. Came to pass as Peter passed through the quarters. And he came down also to the saints that were at Lydda. And there he found a certain name, man named Aeneas, which kept his bed eight years. So he's in bed eight years. Peter said in Aeneas, Jesus Christ. He didn't say his name. He didn't say Peter is going to make you whole. He said, Aeneas, Jesus Christ makes you whole. And he took him by the hand and he rose immediately. And all that dwelt on it and Sarah saw him and turned to the Lord. Understand when this power comes out here, are you ready? 
when his power comes, we're going to use the name of Jesus. We're going to tell him Jesus did it. And we're going to see the things that Jesus did and greater things than did these shall you do because it go to the Father. If you believe in me and the works that I do, the greater things than this shall you do. So a certain man, lame from my mother's womb, was carried and they laid him at the gate of the temple and asked alms, who was the guy that was always begging. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked alms. Alms, alms, alms. Peter looked at him and he says, Silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, I give thee. In the name, say it. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise and walk. Are you ready to do that? I'm saying, what if we see that military takeover tomorrow? What if in 10 days there's a new money system set up? 10 days after that. That would be September the 16th. What if that happens? Are we ready to use that name? Are we really ready? So he took him by right hand. Immediately his feet and bones received strength. He leaped. He leaped, Justin. No one's going to have to hold you up. When you come out of that wheelchair, you're going to leap. You're going to run. You're going to do cartwheels. Jumping up and down a holler and screaming, Jesus healed me. Jesus healed me. How many times have I told you that? You're coming out of that wheelchair. You're coming out of that wheelchair in Jesus' name. Well, how come he doesn't do it now? Because there is a time and a season. He is going to make an open display of his name. And he's not healing Jesus, or he's not healing Justin for Justin. He's not healing Justin for Spirit of Prophecy Church or Stan and Leslie or nobody in here. He's healing him for his name. It's his name, his power, his glory. And we're going to give him all the glory. We're pleased to do that. We want to say our God is the true God. Not the Buddha, not the Allah, not the Eastern religions, none of that stuff. Okay? Leaping and walking and walked and entered into the temple, walking and leaping, praise God. And the people saw Justin, I mean, the people saw. Look at Justin come out of that wheelchair and go running around the room. And I think we'll get some more people coming into this church. I think you get some more people coming up to you saying, now what church? And you know what you're going to say? It ain't the church. It ain't the preachers neither. It's the name. Right? It's the name. Don't think it's the building. Don't think it's the name. Don't think it's the preaching. It is the name Jesus. Period. All the people saw him walking and praising God. When they'd see him in the midst, they asked, What power, but what name have you done this? Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said to them, You rulers of, of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man by what means he made whole, be it known to thee and all of them in, in Israel, it is the Amen. name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. It is Jesus. It is his name that did it. 
For as there is another name under heaven given among men, whereby people must be saved. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. He is the door. We cannot get to eternal life any other way. Sorry, all of the other religions, no door. No door. You can't get there by being good. You can't give there, get there by giving gold or silver or serving. It's not works. This is the door. Jesus. Say it. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus is the door. Jesus, Jesus is the way. There is one man between, one meter between man and God, and that is the man, Christ Jesus. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. It seemed good to us being assembled in one accord to send chosen men unto you with their beloved Barnabas and Paul, men that have hazarded their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, that's, that's a pretty good introduction. I'd like to introduce you, our speaker tonight has hazarded his name for the name, or hazarded his life for the name of Jesus Christ. That's a pretty good introduction. And a lot of times it's the blood of the saints that waters the growth of the church. It's the blood of the saints that waters the growth of the church. So since America's church not growing so much, now go on, go on, Stan. And it came to pass. They went to prayer. The damsel possessed with the spirit of divination met us and brought her master. That brought her master as much gain by soothsaying. In other words, she's a fortune teller. I don't know if it's cards or whatever it was. And the same followed Paul and cried saying, Ha! These men are the servants of the Most High God, which will show us the way to salvation. She was correct. And as she did this many days, Paul, being grieved, finally turned to the Spirit and said, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out. All of a sudden, she couldn't divine. She couldn't prophesy by the devil anymore because the devil was gone out of her. And it goes on with the rest of the story, which I'll skip. That's not my point. Now that I know that I've got to the end, hey, it's right at 12 o'clock. Yeah, it's a <laughs> It's a miracle. You know, here, here's the powerful and the, I think the important part. God keeps telling me to keep telling everyone in here, use the name. This is what, the third Sunday? And I'm not trying to talk about Bible prophecy as much as I'm trying to say, get ready. This is what he keeps saying. Tell my people, get ready, use my name. Get ready to use my name. I don't know exactly what's coming. I keep praying, Lord, it sure would be nice if you'd tell me more. <laughs> but, but he doesn't tell me as much as I'd like to know. But what he is saying is get ready. Get ready. Something big is coming. Get ready to use my name. Get ready to go to work. Get ready to be a soul winner. So, Lord, we ask in the name of Jesus that you would give us the boldness to use your name. Show us where and when. Speak to our heart. Speak to our heart on where and who and when, what to do to please you. And Lord, we just go ahead and admit that we're just worthless as grass, deserving to be tossed into the fire. And Lord, we humble ourselves before you. And we ask that you would use us in very powerful ways to use your name.
we say, Lord, here am I, send me. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Okay, so, as you already know, tomorrow, precisely at sundown, which is actually 7.44, I will double check it. 7.44 p.m., we will raise our shofars, we will declare war against the devil. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to blow that trumpet seven long, loud times, and I'm going to explain to you why we do it that way tomorrow. And then we're going to shout, and I will explain to you the words, seven words that we will shout, because the Bible says that when we blow the trumpet, we get the victory. And we're going to blow it seven times like they did that caused the wall of Jericho to fall. We're going to shout just like they, caused, they did. They caused the wall of Jericho to fall. So I thought Lou's teaching was perfect. Because we're going to cause the devil to fall in America. We have to. We have to. We have to. We're expecting around 200 people. But hopefully we have 20 or 30,000 online watching. We have to, because when they were in England, and England fell into corruption, they could go to America. But today, when America falls in corruption, there's no other place to go. We lose this nation. We lose this Christian nation. We lose this last place for Christians to have safety, and there won't be any safety. We have to pray. Amen. Bottom line. So if you're not already reserved, go to Solemn Assembly, or excuse me, yeah, watchmanstrumpet.com. Go to watchmanstrumpet.com, get registered real quick. Please stay at the Hyatt, because if we don't get enough people staying there, uh, Prophecy Club has to buy the rooms. And at last check, it's uh, somewhere between two to $4,000. I have to write them a check. Well, actually, I don't have to write them a check. They already got the credit card. They just hit the credit card. So if not enough people reserves, they hit the Prophecy Club for it. So, yes, it's important to reserve stay at, at the Hyatt. Even if you've got registered at another hotel, unregister and go to the Hyatt. <laughs> also, if you'd like to become a ministry member, go to prophecyclub.com or Spirit of Prophecy Church and click right there and you can become a ministry member. If you'll click like, share, and subscribe, that helps this message to get out. So, we are believing today that someone is watching that has not accepted Jesus. Maybe you're not watching the live, but maybe you're watching a video. So, so let me explain it this way. Let me explain it. Let me just, there's the scriptures. You can read the scriptures. But let me explain it this way. Essentially, let's go to 100%. A person has to choose either darkness to 100% or light to 100%. Either they choose to be totally 100% evil without any good, or they choose to be totally righteous and holy without any bad. If you had to choose one or the other, if you had to choose, which would you choose? If there was no more middle ground, if you could no longer say, well, you know, I want to be a little bad sometimes, I want to be a little good sometimes, no more. If you had to choose total bad, in other words, you're totally evil. You believe in murder, killing people, rape, stealing, filth, abortion. If you believe in taking advantage of and, and killing in total evil, 
or you believe in following Jesus, who is totally holy and perfect. If you had to choose one or the other, which would you choose? If there was no more middle ground. See, because we tend to want to say, well, you know, I, I like to be good on Sunday morning, but then I like to go dance and drink on Saturday nights. Now you're getting too close, Stan. But if you could no longer do in the middle, which would you choose? Would you choose darkness and total evil? Surprisingly, those are the Moloch and the ball worshipers. That's what they believe in. They believe in human sacrifice. They believe in drugs and child molestation and human trafficking. That pleases their God. Really? There's people like, yes. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of them. And those are the people that own and control our financial systems and our government and our schools <laughs> and just about everything else out there. Really? Yeah. Satan rewards them for doing it his way. However, a Christian says, no, that's not what I want. I want over here. I want to be kind, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. I, I choose to do it Jesus' way. But here's the problem. I can't be totally pure and holy. Right? We can't. Right? We can't. But Jesus has. So all of the things that we have sinned, that we've missed, that we've fell short on, all of the wrong things we've done, those can all be washed away. And we can die and be resurrected totally holy. Amen. So if you choose this side, then I'm going to lead you into prayer to choose this side. That means when you choose this side, that from now on, we do our very, very best to walk holy to follow Jesus. It doesn't mean we're doing this. A little good, a little bad. Good, a little good. I'm dancing. No, a little good. That's what I'm saying. A little good, a little bad. Well, I like this. Well, then you're going to... Do I have to fill it in? Going to hell, okay? No, no, no. A Christian says, I'm going to do my best to do it the correct way. No one is going to be perfect. We will fail at it. But that's why the blood of Jesus is there. Amen. We're going to do our best to do it this way. We'll slip and fall that way. But we're going to do it. This is our goal. This is our objective. All the time. Right? Amen. So let's pray. Let's say it out loud. Close our eyes. No one looking around. Especially you online. Dear Heavenly Father. I admit I'm a sinner. I confess with my mouth. I believe in my heart that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Died on the cross. I rose three days later. I received his blood to wash my sins away, to write my name in the book of life, to keep me holy, to save me in the day of trouble. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, you need to tell someone that you received Jesus, that you decided to follow Christ. You need to tell someone that you've chosen this way. You can do that by telling a friend, or you can also send an email to this email and let me know. Why? Because Matthew 10, 32 and 10, 33 says, Whosoever confesses me before men, him will I confess before my Father which is in heaven. Whosoever denies me before men, 
Him will I deny before my Father which is in heaven. In other words, a Muslim can say, oh yeah, I'm a Christian. He's fine. But a Christian can't say, oh, I don't believe in Jesus. Oh, just kidding. I'm re I really do. We can't back up. Even if it means our head, we can't back up. Amen. We can't deny Jesus. We don't want to deny Jesus. So, if you're online, I encourage you to watch online if you cannot make the solemn September assembly. If you can, I'll look for you tomorrow night. I think we're supposed to be in the seat by 6 30. 6.30? I think it's 6.30. You're supposed to be in your seat tomorrow at 6.30. Bring your shofar. Bring your friends. Um, and also, if you're online, if you'd like to donate and help us, um, obviously $25 a person does not cover the expenses. Uh, the, the, I'm trying to remember, was it either 7200 or 8200 is what it costs for the audio. The audio and the video set up. And so there's a lot, I mean, we've got to fly other ministers in. There's other expenses. There's other expenses to it. So if you'd like help with those expenses, especially if you're not coming, uh, then anyway. So if you'd like help, if you'd like support what we're doing, just go down to that little blue line down there and you can click on that and you can make a donation. If you're here in the room, we have blue buckets. Blue's, I guess, the good color. Huh? Blue buckets and you can make your donations in there. Lord, we thank you for the word this morning. We thank you that you have prepared us to use your name in the days ahead. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. God bless you. If you're here.